0: Well it's lovely to see you. I think it must be two months since, since I've been here and there's people here that I've ne- never met before and that's a great sign isn't it? So uh, thank you for allowing me to come and speak to you. I'm just going to pray right now. Father I just thank you for your love, for your grace and for your kindness. And I thank you that you're already speaking and you're already moving and you're already touching lives. And I pray that whatever I have to say will advance what you want to do in today. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Well, um, interesting Father's Day. I'm not sure how many t- years it will be before it will be uh, politically incorrect to have a Father's Day. Uh, but while we still have it, and um, you know what, I would say is there is a war against masculinity and against femininity. And behind that war are demonic powers. And God, for us to be blossom into who God wants us to be. Um, there's a war on people's identity, and uh, God wants to raise you up to be everything that He's called you to be. And uh, God wants you to be inexcusably masculine and inexcusably feminine. Amen. Amen. That doesn't mean to say He doesn't love any, but everybody. And there isn't a place. But once God starts to work, the part of the gospel is to transform our identity. So that we're secure in the skin and the body that we have. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, better not shout. <laughs> Praise God. You know... Um, This week, um, Sue's mum's 92 and it looks like she's going to have to come and live in our house. And so Sue said to me, uh, we'll make Daniel's room uh, like a a, a, a sort of bed sit for, for her mother. Daniel's got married and he's no intentions of coming back to Live with me and Sue, Um, and so um, we were talking today. We she wants to bring uh, she wants to bring some of her furniture into our house, and there's two massive, great wardrobes. So I have to dismantle the wardrobes that I built for Daniel when he was a child. And we have to put in hair wardrobes in these places. And I want to talk to you about the wardrobe of your life. Your life is like a wardrobe. And inside it are all all sorts of clothes. In our bedroom, there's a massive wardrobe. On one side is Sue's stuff, on the other side is mine. Um, But just supposing, while we are here speaking to you, that a thief breaks in the house, and all my lovely suits, and all Sue's nice dresses, it throws, soils it with filth, all sorts of rubbish. So her dresses are stained and filthy. And on my side, he's got a Stanley knife and he's slashed all my suits, best shirts that James has bought me and everything. And so when we get there and look in the cupboard, the thing is a mess. It's been damaged it's been soiled, it's been defiled, it's been made dirty. You know, the Bible says that the devil is like a a thief and a murderer. He comes to kill, to steal, to destroy. He wants to walk into the wardrobe of your life And defile everything that God meant to be in there. There's some of you that uh, your hearts have been slashed with a demonic Stanley knife by something people have said to you or spoken over you. And uh, you've managed to put your chin up and keep more um, buoyant and packed up your troubles in your old kit bag and... Smile through it all. But deep down, you're walking wounded. Because the enemy, in various ways, has damaged your life. At the end of this talk, I want to pray for you that whatever has been damaged will be restored. Whatever has been broken will be made whole. Whatever is carved into you, something ugly or unclean, it will be removed. This is the gospel that Jesus came, that while the enemy came to kill and steal and destroy He came that you might have life, and life in all its fullness. Amen. And um, you see, not only does the enemy damage what existed, but he puts into your wardrobe of your life, he, he gets his coat hangers and various things like that, and he hangs up his own, his own clothes in your wardrobe. And there'll be people here that, over time, the devil's put on a garment of shame there. You might not have actually done anything, but something you feel shameful. Or he's put something there unclean, and you feel as something unclean. Something's made you feel unclean. Or it might be that there's something there that he's put a garment of rejection, or a dress of unforgiveness, or a suit of bitterness. Damaged garments. Some of the garments he's put in your thing are garments with a curse on them. And Jesus is here today for them to come out and to come off. Amen. So I want to just say a few things and then we can pray. And God will put the garments of the Holy Spirit in you. Amen. And that's what I want to talk to you about there. You see, the devil's got clothes he wants to put in the wardrobe of your life. But <laughs> the Lord has come to dim, dis, dismantle his wardrobe. He's going to clear it out because he's got his own wardrobe for you. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm glad God put another wardrobe in my life. And so I'm going to talk to you about the wardrobe of the Holy Spirit. Let's have this, this three main oh by the way, no, I won't go there with that. I'll, I'll, I'll talk to you another time, maybe in four years' time. Okay. Um there's five, I've picked out, I've picked out uh, just five clothes in that wardrobe. There's many more, and they are eternal clothes, clean clothes, supernatural clothes, prophetic clothes, and happy clothes. Amen. Amen. Just turn to somebody and say, Jesus has come to make you happy. Yeah. You say, oh, don't know about that. I don't know about that. That's the flesh. How many fathers here? If you, how many fathers are here today? Put your hand down if you want your kids to be unhappy. And your heavenly father, he might allow you to um, go through stuff that is painful. That may be character building. But he doesn't want you to get out leave this planet thinking, oh, goodness me, that was hard work. He wants you to walk out of this world thinking, oh, God, thank you. We did it, Lord, didn't we? You helped me. You loved me. You kept me. You provided for me. I felt your love every day. I felt pursued and tracked down by goodness and mercy all the days of my life. Even when I was in that valley of the shadow of death. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay, eternal close. Uh, this is... Um, New Living Translation, and I've condensed it a bit so we get the absolute crack of what it's saying. Because when Paul writes, he, he's in the middle of making a statement, and then he puts up what you call a parenthesis in. And the parenthesis can go on for three or four verses, and then he comes back to his main point. That's why it can be difficult. So let's have a look at this one. He wants to put eternal clothes in your wardrobe. He wants you to know that if you died right now, you'd go to heaven. He wants you to know that um, he's living in you and you're you're doing this thing with him. Here we go. 2 Corinthians 5, 1 to 3. We have an eternal body made for us by God himself, not by human hands. We grow weary in our present bodies and we long to put on our heavenly bodies like new clothing. For we will put on heavenly bodies. One of the things that uh, the devil puts in the wardrobe of our lives is a fear of death. A fear of hell, a fear of judgment. And so the idea of passing from this life to another life is not that even if it goes well, is not very can shake you. I used to be like that. Some people can't go to bed without the light on. Every night, they're afraid of the dark. They're worried about if there's a disease going around, they'll catch it. And they may even have actually asked Jesus to come into their life. But they still struggle that if Jesus came back, they would be left behind. And the big problem is there's a garment not in the wardrobe. And that garment is this. And if you feel that's you, we're going to pray that the Lord will put this garment in the wardrobe because it will cripple your life. And it's the garment of assurance of salvation. When the Holy Spirit comes, the Spirit of Jesus, he brings what is called the seal of our inheritance, it says. The guarantee that you're going to heaven. Does that frighten you when I shout? I don't, I'm trying to calm down, but I get very excited because I'm going to heaven. Just tap someone on the shoulder and say, You're going to heaven. (laughs) Hallelujah. You see, If God puts the garment, well, the the Bible says garment of salvation, the garment of assurance, in your wardrobe, it will affect your mentality. For a start, fear will be broken in your life. Secondly, boldness and excitement will start to rise. And an optimism will come because Jesus has put eternal life inside you. Amen. Amen. Now we will pray, but there'll be people who've already prayed the prayer. If you want, not sure... At the end of this, I'm going to pray a prayer. I'll ask the whole church to join in so that you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that he rose from the dead and God will put the garment of assurance of salvation inside that cupboard. Amen. I I asked Jesus to come into my heart while I was eight. Well, I used to keep every time I went to a meeting I'd respond to receive Jesus again because the garment of assurance wasn't in the cupboard Amen Okay Let's have a look at the other thing the Lord wants to put in the cupboard or well, my wife corrects me said don't call it a cupboard it's a wardrobe <laughs> Hallelujah Hallelujah God wants to put clean clothes in there. You see, the devil's probably put dirty stuff in there. Books that you might have read, films you shouldn't have seen, people that you've hung around with and they've deposited something unclean on you. Things that people have spoken over you and it's affected your, 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 the condition of your life. Well, God's going to take that, that out and he puts he replaces the dirty stuff with clean stuff. Amen. Amen. You wouldn't believe the state of my wardrobe before I knew Jesus. Unrecognizable. There's some people you know that they have demons in the wardrobe not just natural disorders, demonic dispositions. The enemy's got so entrenched, he stuck his own forces, powers, and principalities in there. But you know, the moment Jesus starts, when you ask Jesus to come into your life and you receive divine assurance, that's the moment that Jesus swishes open the door Swishes open the door. He grabs all the unclean stuff and chucks it out. And then it says this. Ezekiel 36, 25, 26. I will sprinkle clean water on you. Now, some people think this is about being, becoming a Christian again. It isn't. God needs to sprinkle clean water on you regularly. I mean, I had a shower last week. (laughs) But Sue seemed to think I needed to get another one before I came here. (laughs) We live in a coal mine. We live in a filthy place. We live in a time where not yet everything has been restored as Jesus plans it to be. And Jesus said, I want you to stay clean in a coal mine. Have you ever seen a miner come out of a coal mine clean? And that's why we regularly need to say, Lord, will you sprinkle clean water on me? That person said that to me. This situation came here. I didn't react to that situation well. I could have been better in that way. I've let you down there. Will you sprinkle clean water on me? I need hands up if you'd like a shower in the Holy Spirit shower. Amen. Amen. You know, next time you go in your shower... When you turn the knob, just say, Oh God, let it be prophetic. (laughs) Hallelujah! Oh, there I go again. You're dealing with a Pentecostal charismatic here. I'm desperately trying to be Baptist. (laughs) I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. Clean garments. I'll cleanse you from all your filthiness and from all your idols. So it won't bother you if Liverpool didn't get into the Champions League. (laughs) (laughs) And I'll give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. You see, when your heart gets messed up, it affects your spirit. Now, your spirit is your attitude and your perspective. That's how it will be affected. So when you get damaged or hurt or whether it's right or wrong or whatever, it leaves you affected and it affects your spirit. You know, so instead of being kind and gracious, you're bitter and you're resentful. And you're bitter and respectful because you've been hurt. But it's left you in a mess. So when you're in the shower of the Holy Spirit, and you're putting it on to number 10, and clean water comes on you, it washes your spirit as well. Remember when the Lord said to me, and I was only... um, I think I was 29, 30 at the time. And he said to me, if you can't carry on like that, you're going to turn into a bitter old man in two years. So let me get you in the shower, Dave. I'm going to turn the shower on. And I'm gonna make you a child again. Not childish. Childlike. We need that, don't we? Okay. He wants to put supernatural clothes in the in the in the cupboard. He doesn't just want you to talk about things. They're talking about this little baby Asher, is it? Well, we need to go into the cupboard and ask God for some supernatural clothes here. that that child is going to be completely well. Amen. 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 Now, God wants, as you're walking in life, and you're talking to people in Tesco's or wherever it is, and they, they prepare their heart to you, say, can I pray about that for you? And if God puts supernatural clothes in the in the wardrobe, you will not only talk to people about Jesus, but it will be accompanied by supernatural signs and wonders. I remember I was in the chemist. I think it was someone like the chemist where Umpo used to work down in Kensington. I was somewhere around there. And I met, I met somebody from our street or just around Round the corner. I don't know whether they were Christians or what, but they were telling me um, one of their relatives um, uh, was dying and they'd been given X days to live or something. So I said, I'm going to pray for you about that. Of course, I never saw them. I never saw them. And then I I might have been going to the chemist myself. And... um, and I met him about two or three years later. And I said, oh, how's your mum? Did she make it? You know, whatever it was. He, gave, he wasn't a Christian. He gave me a good telling off. He said you prayed, didn't you? She got better the next week. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God wants to put in your wardrobe, supernatural clothes, Acts 1, 8. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you to do works of power. To cease not just talking the talk, but demonstration of Power. That's why we're going to pray at the end of this service. I don't just want to do a talk. I want miracles to break out in this room today. Amen. Hallelujah. He wants to put prophetic clothes in your wardrobe. In other words, when you open your mouth, people will feel, I think God's telling me that. That it wasn't just Dave's idea or Brenda's idea. I felt that, I think that was a word from God for me. Someone said something to me this week. I think they were just talking about something natural. I said, you know what, I think that's God speaking to me. I think they were quite shocked. Listen to this, Ephesians one seventeen: that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, will give you the spirit of wisdom, revelation, and the knowledge of Him. A spirit. Notice this. You see, particularly if you want to function. Uh, alongside the Holy Spirit. You don't just need a good sermon note that you can get off the internet or go on a course so you can communicate better. Those are all good. And I actually pinch other people's stuff. Right? You might give a word next week and I'll say, uh, I'm going to pinch that. I thought that was great what you said. In fact, Paul preached on something, and the day after, I repeated his sermon. <laughs> Hallelujah, in an open air. But you see, you can do all that, but God wants to put in you a spirit of wisdom and revelation right? That's why some people, when they open the Bible, the thing just explodes while other people read the Bible and think, goodness me, I hope I can get through this without going to sleep or I've got no idea what it's talking about. It's not just the translation of the Bible you need it's not you just don't need just an easier translation of the Bible. You need a spirit of revelation and knowledge and wisdom in your wardrobe. Hallelujah. So we can pray about that, can't we? You love the Lord. God uses you. But you, It's hard work, reading your Bible or whatever. Come out and we'll ask for a prophetic spirit to come into your wardrobe. Amen. Amen. So when you open your mouth, it's more than your ideas or your knowledge or your information that you know. Amen. Last one, happy clothes. He wants to take garments of shame out there, garments of regret, garments of lost hope, garments of depression, garments of despair. You think they're of God? They're not. They're of the devil. The devil put them there. Now, you can sit there and say, oh, well, I'll have to live with it and I'll be holier when I get to heaven. No. No, no. This, the devil, want, God wants those clothes out. Yeah. Listen to this one, Isaiah 61, verse 5. He gives them beauty for ashes. This, I know who it is, actually, just as I'm speaking. There's somebody here with ashes in their heart. They've been through some terrible times. I mean, I know somebody who, a very beautiful woman, was in this church, went to Australia, got married over there. She was stunningly attractive. And after five years, her husband said, I'm leaving today, uh, you're ugly now. And actually, she's still a stunner. Yeah, it was wonderful what that man said, that father said. I can't remember who it was. Speak good things over your kids. Speak good things over your wife. Speak good things over your husband. Speak good things over people. I don't know what's been spoken over you. I know I've had loads of stuff spoken over me. <laughs> And it's left ashes in your heart. Well, let's let's ask the Lord to take the ashes away and give you beauty. Amen. Just turn to somebody and say, it's even better than Botox. (laughs) Amen. They haven't got this in boots. There's beauty in the Holy Spirit. He beautifies his children. When somebody scarred you and left you in a heap and abandoned you and you're in ashes, Holy Spirit's here to put beauty back there. Esteem back there. Value back there. Hope back there. Dignity back there. Beauty for ashes, oil of joy for mourning. Oil of joy. Hallelujah. God wants a good dose of joy on you. Amen. You know what? I like Ken Dodd. I actually think God anointed him with happiness. There is an anointing, I believe, of happiness. Just hands up if you know misery. Or just say to them, I know where they God's got a gift of happiness for you. Amen. In fact, he wrote a song, didn't he? It became in top top ten, I think. Happiness, happiness, the greatest gift that I possess. I thank the Lord that I possess more than my gift of happiness. I think God wants to give a great big dollop of happiness on everybody. Amen. You know, become a Christian and be miserable like me. In fact, I know some Christians, I used to be one of them. I used to think fun was of the flesh. I don't know how I would have coped with, with James. <laughs> well, get one the clock back 30 years and I'd have definitely had him in the bracket of the flesh. Because he believes in fun. Oh, man. <laughs> Hallelujah. God, oil of joy. You see... It's not what you do to the way you do it. So if you're evangelising or you're witnessing to somebody or you're counselling somebody or you're serving somebody or whatever, if you do it with joy, the anointing of God comes on what you're doing. Yeah, I'll make the tea. (laughs) Hallelujah. Garment of... Grace for the spirit of heaviness. I was in um, I was in Lancashire some years ago, and I had a meeting, and uh, there was a, a worship leader. The worship was great, and uh, I spoke, and loads of people came out for prayer, and it was ours. And in those days, I didn't have the wisdom to tell the worship leader, look, if it carries on, put a tape on. So he's there playing away for hours, right? I eventually finished the whole thing. And I'm just wanting to get out because it was a nighttime service. I'm just about to walk out. And um, the fella taps me on the shoulder. I've forgotten he was there, actually. <laughs> Oh, I said, oh, thanks very much. I'm sorry I kept you so long. He said, I struggle with depression. So there he is trying to lift everybody. And he's got a broken spirit himself. I never thought anything of it. I just said, okay, let's pray for you. Lord, just take this, lift this depression right off, right now. He was completely set free. God, God took the, the garment of depression, and the, which, notice the words here, spirit, spirit of heaviness, This isn't just a psychological disorder. This is a spirit sitting on him. Now, don't become an ally with with these spirits. You've got to say, that's not what God wants for me. He doesn't want it in the wardrobe. Lord, just take this spirit, spirit of depression, And put a garment of praise in my heart. Amen. Or if the praise has been killed or being worn away or whatever, just say, Lord, will you just put a garment of praise, garment of joy, a bit of hope. That's what I like about Liverpool Football Club. I love that song. You never walk alone with hope in your heart. What, I've forgotten the rest of the words. But, you know, isn't it full of hope? Even when they get loose in 10 nil, they're singing, you'll never walk alone. And they're not even saved. <laughs> Hallelujah. Could, would the worship group please come? So that's it. I'm sorry if it's longer than I intend. I'm trying to be quick. We want to pray. We're going to sing a couple of songs. While we're singing them, just come out. And I'm going to ask James to ask anybody he has confidence in who carries some of these garments to pray with me. And God's going to put clothes in your wardrobe. Hallelujah. (laughs) The thief might have come, shot the door open and might have ripped your life apart. But he's come that you might have life and put and he does that by putting new clothes in the wardrobe. Let's just pray. The most important one is that you have assurance of eternal life abiding in you. You might have asked Jesus to come into your heart and if that's the case you will be just saved and justified by faith. But you aren't sure. And you're affected by this concept of death. Would you just pray with me in the church as we just pray to once again uh, receive Jesus and ask him to wash our sins away and come and live in our hearts. As we re- say that prayer together. And then what I'm going to do, I'm going to ask people to remain uh, with their eyes closed and I'll just quickly ask you to raise your hand and, uh, and then I'm going to pray uh, I'm going to pray the power of assurance over you okay so that that is sorted in the wardrobe Jesus loved you, he died for you you belong to him and he's got eternal life Reserved for you. Will you pray with us right now to receive him? Let's close our eyes. I, the Bible says, as I say, confess with your mouth. So it's not a silent prayer. So you'll need to be able to pray so you at least can hear conversationally your voice. So put it, I'll ask everybody to pray so that will minimize any form of embarrassment. Let's pray. Dear God, I come to you. The devil has come to steal and destroy my life. But I'm believing in you. Wash away my sin. I believe you died and rose again. And I receive eternal life. I ask you to abide in me and give me your assurance from heaven. Amen.